this out. This is Glass Hour Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. Well, welcome to this week's Glass Half Full. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether you're listening on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever social media platform you're listening to. Uh, thanks for taking the time out to, to listen to this. Now, Glass Half Full, as it says, is all about talking to inspirational people from around the world. And this program goes with the flow. It's not scripted. We just go with the flow. We have some fun have some wonderful conversations. And tonight I'm going to be joined by Steve Gamlin. Now, Steve is a speaker, is an author, um, and I call him the vision board master as well. And he's also a radio presenter. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Steve tonight and he'll be with us in 30 seconds from now. With inspirational guests from across the world. This is Yawa Radio. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today, Steve? Um, very well. Thank you for joining us on this week's Glass Hour Full, my friend. Uh, and as I said in the intro there, speaker, author, vision boarder, but I went a stage further, vision board master, own radio presenter. Steve, we're going to talk about your life as well, what you're doing now. Um, but this is also about things that may resonate with people in this Glass Hour Full. And... Um, Life's always not been the top dollar, if that makes sense. We've, uh, you know, we've we've all had some challenges, and you've had some challenges. And I was reading it was about what thirty years ago when a friend believed in you more than you did yourself. What was that about? Yes, that was. Uh, I just graduated college, so I was in my early twenties. I think I was twenty three, twenty four years old, and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my life. I had gone to college for to get a business degree. Because I someday wanted to have my own business, be an entrepreneur, but I I just couldn't get my hand or my brain around what I was passionate about. And I had a friend named Danny who always loved to remind me, hey, when you were 10 years old, you wanted to be on the radio because there was a TV show here in the States called WKRP in Cincinnati. And there was a, a DJ named Dr. Johnny Fever. He had scraggly <laughs> long hair. He wore sunglasses indoors, which I thought was beyond cool. And he played records for a living. And at 10 years old, I said, I want to do that. And when I was 24, at a really low point, my friend Danny kept saying, why didn't you ever follow that dream? So I borrowed a few thousand dollars from my grandfather, went to broadcast school mm -hmm. in the summer of 92 and was gone all summer. And then I came home and I drove to my friend Danny's house because I got an internship at a radio station that we'd grown up listening to. It wasn't a job. It wasn't for pay, but I got my foot in the door. And he was so happy and he was so proud. And unfortunately, he passed away a few weeks later. But the seed of it was somebody believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And that I, I did 10 years in radio, worked 15 years worth of hours. 
But that <laughs> has led into my speaking and everything else that I do. I want to be that person for others. So that that friend who I still thank to this day, even though he's been gone for a long time, but still but, impacts me. But Steve, there's a there's a there's a thing there, isn't there? You know, you 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 got this in internship, you know, to get your foot in the door. And and, and today I think so many people f- forget about that, that that apprenticeship, that learning, they, they they want to come in and they just want to be instantly paid some vast amount of money for doing whatever. Um, but it's about it's about learning the trade. It's about learning those skills. And and sometimes you have to give something for nothing to get back tenfold, if yeah. that makes sense. Would that, that make sense? 100% sense. And, and believe me, even when I got the internship, I had people close to me saying, they're not paying you and you're driving there three days a week, spending a few hours a day. Tell them to pound sand and slam the door on the way out. And I said, no, 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 no. Because my dad told me, my dad was a very wise, hardworking, blue collar ethic guy. He said, look, you worked hard enough to get your foot in the door. He goes, now bust your tail so they never want to see you walk back out that door. Wow. And I did. I volunteered for everything. I helped out on the weekends. I was a copywriter. I helped with production. I helped out the DJs. I I just, anything I could possibly do, I showed up with a smile and worked my tail off, even if there was no money. And believe me, once I got hired, I was still making poverty wages. It wasn't a big, it wasn't like I just became a star. <laughs> Um, it was actually, it was poverty level wages, but, but I didn't isn't, care. Isn't, Steve, isn't that one of the myths of the radio world though? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think you're all making this, this great money. It's a glamorous life. I said, are you kidding me? You know, I, mm. I, you know, I got to do the Johnny fever thing. Dr. Johnny fever. I wore jeans, t-shirts and had scraggly hair. <laughs> and so that's what, how I survived for 10 years in the radio. But I tell you what, it was the greatest education I could have. Always what, showing up and always working hard. What, what happened after that 10 years then, Steve? You know, from your 10 years in radio, where did life take you then? Uh, the end of my 10th year, like I said, I worked about 15 years worth of hours. I'm not kidding. <laughs> because I also DJed weddings every weekend. So wow. I was just working <laughs> six, seven days a week for 10 years. And I was married at the time. And we were starting to have cracks in the foundation and not communicating well and just, just burning out. So when I was about 34 years old, after my 10th year in radio, I just one day said, I've had it. And I gave my notice. And without a full-time job, I walked away with only my little DJ business on the weekends. So my career was gone. My marriage fell apart. We got divorced. I was $62,000 in debt at age 35 and had to crawl home and stay with family for a while and just sit in the ashes. And really started to do a lot of work on myself. I've been on a personal development journey at that point for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I really just sitting in the ashes, not knowing what to do, uh, feeling like, I don't know if you get the cartoon over there, Roadrunner and the Wiley Coyote. Yes. He just blows himself up in every episode. <laughs> well, I did a Wiley Coyote off the cliff wearing Acme rocket roller skates. And it's pretty much what I did. <laughs> but sitting in the ashes from that, I, I had this amazing opportunity to cocoon for a little bit figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be like, who I wanted to have around me and what Mm. I really needed to do to put myself back in a good place. So the seeds of everything I'm doing now started actually in that really bad spot where instead of just recreating or jumping into another relationship or just taking any job, I got to sit and really think about 
what I wanted to do. And a couple of life situations happened. And another person named Dan wandered into my life, just like my friend Danny. Mm -hmm. And there was something that just shifted and became where we are today. Uh, and, and Steve, you know, let's just explore that for a bit, because when you're in that place, you're in the ashes and things like that. And, you know, when, when we met six years ago, and we've shared some stories when we've talked privately as well. And, um, you know, you've had your ups and downs. I've had my ups and downs, been in the ashes too as well. Um, did you talk to somebody about that? Because, you know, there's lots of talk now, isn't there? There's lots of thing about mental health and people just not sharing things, but let's hope it's getting better. So did you share those things and, and did you talk to somebody or did you sit there really feeling a bit alone? I started off feeling a bit alone, but I had the personal development habits and library and in behaviors of taking notes and really journaling a lot, which, which was very helpful. But I was just sharing one day, I said, look, this is kind of a depressing sit in the ashes. And the husband of a friend had just gotten her certificate as a life coach. And she said, would you be interested in talking with him? He's looking for clients that he can test out all his stuff on. So I said, yes, I became his guinea pig. And in, in our first meeting, I said, you're going to get to test all your tools here. I said, I've blown my <laughs> life into oblivion right now. And he laughed and we just started having these conversations. And shortly after that, it was August of 2003, a very humid day here in New Hampshire. I had $3 left in my pocket on a Friday afternoon and I went to a golf driving range just to hit a bucket of golf mm -hmm. balls, just to get out frustrations. I'm a horrible golfer. So I went way to the farthest tee box of the property <laughs> underneath these power lines near a fence. And, and I just started hitting and a thunderstorm came through. So we had oh, thunder, wow. lightning, pouring rain, and I'm underneath metal power lines barefoot in the wet grass holding a metal club and everybody but me ran from the storm and i just stood there almost laughing it was just comical and i looked up and i said go ahead i dare you wow <laughs> and i hit all my buckets and the buckets of two other gentlemen who ran from the storm and when i got to my car the sun came out and it stopped raining and i just got the biggest smile on my face and looked up and like okay okay we're here and I had a conversation a couple of days later with my coach and he said, so how was your week? And I said, put down your pen and let me tell you what I did. <laughs> and I made it as funny as I could. It's very self-deprecating in, in, but it was just, it was funny. And he's on the other side of the desk <laughs> roaring with laughter. And he said, I got two questions for you. Are you this open and honest about your life with everybody? And I said, well, usually in a very self-deprecating way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And he asked, have you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or a stand-up comedian? I think you'd be great at both. Wow. And that's how that started then. Yeah. Literally, it, people say, was there a moment? Yeah, <laughs> there was a moment. I can tell you exactly the conversation. And the funny part is I said, you know, I've always wanted to be both of those things. Because in addition to being a radio DJ and using my voice, I had wanted to be a teacher, but not in a classroom setting. I wanted mm. to teach other people and inspire people and use humor and storytelling. And him asking me that question, this light came on. And I said, yes, but I have no idea how to pursue either one. He picked up a little postcard on his desk. He says, this is from a community college a couple towns away. They have an introduction to stand-up comedy night class 
it starts in two weeks. You want to go? Wow. And And he said, you ever heard of Toastmasters? I said, they kind of help you be, you know, tell stories. And he says, yeah, they help you craft your stories to make you a better speaker. I said, okay. And a couple of weeks later, I was there as well and just became a speaker. Wow. I was going to ask you, how did, how do you do that? How did it start then? Because many people are just think, what you're talking about, you're crazy. Why, why me? How could I, how could I do that? But, you know, you described there that somewhere, somewhere in the subconscious, whether you you got this, this, this vision to do this kind of thing, and you just needed somebody there to, to help you just tease it out and help you realize it, I guess. Yeah. And and people have said, of course, you know, what do they say about the ashes? The the mighty Phoenix rises from the ashes in, in, in Hollywood over here. They make all the movies, you know, the clouds part and the angels go, ah, <laughs> and the Phoenix rises from the ashes. And I go, you know what? Hang on a second there, Sparky. My Phoenix rides a pogo stick. I've been out of the ashes and back in the ashes and out. But every time, if you bounce a little higher, you know, people have said, oh, my gosh, you must have started off as a speaker with these great stories and confidence. Said, no, I was terrible for a couple of years, in my opinion. Yeah. People still paid me still a little bit of money. <laughs> but you have to have those moments. You have to have those beginnings. It's it's like people that say, well, I want to I want to have a podcast, but I'm afraid my first shows would be terrible. And I always say, relax, your first shows are going to be horrible. Yes. But you have to do them. And I used to be very critical of all my early stuff, like really bashing. And I would delete it all. And I finally made a switch about a year ago to look at my first attempts at everything and just say, oh, my gosh, that's adorable. (laughs) And realize I had to be there to be here. And 10 years from now, I'll look at what I'm doing now and say, that's adorable. And I'll be better. You know, Steve. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we talk often, don't we? And and talk about that. You just you have to start. You know, and you you made me smile there because if I if I if I listen back to some of the podcasts I did ten years ago, wow, right? Mm-hmm. And if I listen back to when I first started in radio in my twenties, and I've still got some old tapes there of me, you know, right in the early days, and you think, oh my god, right? You know, compared, but it was all a learning experience. Yeah. You know, and and I don't know about you, but I, you know, I and my wife used to say, "Are we listening to that damn tape again?" And I'd say, "Well, yeah, we are." But you know, I'm listening because I want to be better. I'm not listening from an ego perspective. Right. I want to listen to how I can deliver better, how I can present better, and the only way I'm going to do that is listening to my own and, and realizing my own mistakes. Yeah. And moving yeah. forward from that, not not sat there patting on my back, going, "Well, that was great all the time." Right. You know, we learn. You know, that's 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 the learning experience. That's how you get better, and that's how you improve. Yeah. And so, where did life take you after that? Then you were on. You know, you were doing the speakers. You were doing the the comedy, the clubs, and things like that. You know, how did how did that lead to you becoming in the work that you do now around vision boards? Early on, when I was first starting out as a speaker, uh, my coach, Coach Dan, said, have you ever heard of The Secret? Mm-hmm. And The Secret had just come out. It was already out in the book, and the DVD had just come out. So I bought the DVD, and I watched it every Sunday night for several months, and I would take notes, and I would really study it. Some of The Secret, and, and basically for those who haven't heard of it, it basically teaches the law of attraction, the basics mm-hmm. that the energy you put out, similar energy will return. What I didn't 
really appreciate about it was they broad brushed it a bit too much and they actually had a character in there of a genie in a magic lamp and they kept saying your wish is my command and i'm thinking oh my gosh that is so different from reality (laughs) but out of the 98 minutes of the dvd there were three minutes where a gentleman named john asaraf was talking Mm -hmm. about these things called vision boards that he had made he took his goals he put pictures of them on a little poster board and it they manifested. I mean, he he worked toward them and took steps and actions and consistency, and he achieved some of the things. And I thought the concept of that was really powerful because it makes us not only part of the process, but we have to identify where point B is mm-hmm. from where we are yeah. right now. It's it's the outcome, the desire, the mountaintop, whatever metaphor you want to use. That wishing just didn't cover. So I started to really dive into that. And I started to create my own vision boards. And actually, my first vision board I actually made two because I wanted so much stuff. (laughs) And three weeks later, I realized I had made the worst vision boards imaginable because it was all stuff. I should have just written a letter to Santa Claus. (laughs) I wasn't emotionally connected to it because I'd blown my life up. I'm like, I have nothing. So I want stuff. There's only two things on there that I actually did create. I wanted Mm -hmm. to build my own recording studio, which I did because I was emotionally connected to it. See, uh, can I just put in there, Steve? Because I think yeah. that's, sorry, that I've just wrote that down as you said it. Emotion, emotionally connected. Yeah. There has to be emotion. And as we talk about that, that's energy in motion, isn't it? Yes, it is. There's got to be something there. So sorry, I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to stress that point because. Yeah, it was, um, it was in, it was building my own recording studio, which I'm now in my second one. My first one was up at my dad's house and I've built, this one here recently at the house my wife Tina and I bought. And also, even though it didn't happen right away, I wanted to have a dream relationship because I had blown up my marriage. I was not happy with who I was. Uncommunicative, moody, quiet, non-confrontational, and it just let things fester. And we could have probably saved it, but we didn't. So I really started to work on myself of who I wanted to be, the perfect partner I felt I would need to become to attract the perfect partner I wished to have. And that was a mainstay on a few years worth of vision boards. And I started to build better ones. I started to see success in all areas of my life, little improvements here and there. Mm -hmm. And in January of 07, I built a board and I said, this is the year that I'm going to discover her, whoever she may be. And I put pictures of people enjoying the type of relationship I wanted to have, holding hands on a beach, this and that. And in late, late May, I wrote down, I am ready to fall in love. And 10 days later, I got an email from a woman, I almost deleted it as spam because I didn't realize it was her. A woman <laughs> I hadn't seen in 21 years since we graduated from high school on whom I had a crush, but wow. never asked out. And this June is our 14th anniversary. God. And was that because you were shy at that time, Steve? That you yeah, never oh, yeah. Asked? I did not want to be the guy sitting behind Tina in math class that she rejected. Rejected. So, yeah. yeah. Well, wow, what 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 a wonderful story, and and I think Steve just touching on a couple of things that y- you mentioned there um, early on when you were talking about the uh, the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Let's just explore this a little bit because I think people do get a little bit confused about this when they you know, I hear people say, "I've I've put it out there, it's out there, it'll happen," you know, and yeah, you know, we've talked before, and th- there's a bit about. And I say that, you know, the, the last six letters of law of attraction spend, spell action. So, yeah, you have to do something. You can't just sit there and, and, and wait for it to happen. You know, you put things out there, but then things happen, don't they? Opportunities come. 
because you've yeah. put it out of it, yeah. opportunities come and you've got to decide to take some action around those things. Because I think I read somewhere, I don't know whether it's in the secret or somebody was telling me that, you know, you can put it out there and the universe will give you maybe three or four chances and then you don't do anything. And, you, and it goes, well, are you really serious about this? Yeah. It, yeah. it very well could. I mean, so many yeah. people say, I want to be rich. I want more money. And then I'll ask them, well, did you go buy a lottery ticket? No, nah, nobody ever wins. Mm. Like, you can't <laughs> win if you don't put some skin in the game. Yeah. If you don't recognize the opportunities. You know, there's an expression that I forget where it originally came from. But you can't be at the train station waiting for your ship to come in. Yeah. Because they're not in the same place. You got to put yourself in the right place where the opportunities can present themselves. And then you have to be aware. Don't stare at your shoes complaining that your life stinks. Be looking ahead with your head on a swivel and look for opportunities where if you had a conversation, if you took a step, if you learned a skill, if you made a connection. Yeah. Or if you just listened and heard an opportunity and actually had the guts to throw your hat in the ring and take a chance at something. It doesn't mean it's guaranteed or that it all works out. But it's better than sitting at home waiting for a knock on the door saying you've won a lottery that you didn't even buy a ticket for because it's yeah. not going to happen. And, and I think as well, Steve, as you were talking there, what came to my mind was um, you, you look up, look around. Things things are all around you, but we, we're not. Yeah. We get we get too busy. We get dragged down. We're too busy looking at our damn phones. We're too busy looking at the floor. We're not engaging with people. You, yeah. you know, it's, we're in our own little bubble sometimes. And there's, if you just look up and see the things that are out there, the opportunities out there and you know what you described there i also describe about you can't walk down the two paths at the same time yeah. right and you yeah. might go down the wrong path but it might lead you to the right path yeah because some you know yeah. i've been on the wrong path at times you've been on the wrong path at times yeah. but it's took us to the right path that we're on now yeah. okay and it, and it just keeps going so things develop from there then from you know you're doing your vision boards but there's a big this, well, before I say this, you also mentioned there, Steve, um, little steps was the phrase that you mentioned. Yeah. Okay. And again, I, th you know, some people look for what I call the big quantum leap. Yeah. And it's the little steps that are taken consistently over time mm -hmm. that's, that start to move you in the right direction. Yes, exactly. And and and, and that's when you I don't know, but we'll talk about this. You know, when you're working with a client and you and you know that you're doing the vision board thing, mm -hmm. is is that the type of thing that you talk about? Let's you know the little simple steps. Oh, every single time. And one of my signature stories that I share in in live events and when I'm coaching with people on their vision boards is think of an old wooden roller coaster, not like those jet ones now that they push the button and <laughs> you're over the top of the hill before your brain realizes it. But the old wooden coasters. Now, you couldn't ever fit a lot of people on those because there aren't a lot of cars. Hmm. So you got maybe 24 people to those. First off, you want to make sure you get the right people around you who are going to enjoy the ride and not just be complaining the whole time because you don't want to be around people like that. But then you got to remember, even when the guy pulls the button and it starts, it moves forward slowly. Then it goes click, 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 click. Now, whatever your goal is, if you're on the roller coaster, the goal is to enjoy the ride when it gets really fast, but you can't do that until it gets over the top of the hill. You can't mm -hmm. get over the top of the hill to do all those little tiny clicks the whole way. The higher you go, the better the view. The more tensed up maybe you get and the more, you know, you're, 
you get excited and your eyes get real big as you get closer to the top. But when you do that last click and the momentum carries you the whole rest of the way, your goals are exactly the same. You can't cheat your way to the top of the first hill. You can't skip any steps and you can't just wish yourself up there. Mm. And it's the same with goals. And some people get bored and say, I'm not seeing the results yet. And I tell them, keep clicking. We have a hashtag that we, we use click baby click. Oh, I love it. Love it. And every one of my dear friends, Allison, who's in marketing coined that I used to say, click, click, click. And she said, Ooh, click baby click. <laughs> so now my clients all use that. And every time they achieve even the littlest result, they tag me on social media or send a message and they say, Hey, Steve, click baby click. And I always reach out and go, what'd you do? What happened? Like, mm -hmm. what's this breakthrough? And I celebrate with my clients almost daily on social media because Brilliant. they get it. They get that it's the long, consistent climb so they can really be ready to enjoy because they're only one step away from the victory by the end. So they're ready for it. They know what to expect. They can enjoy it. They can feel worthy of it, which is a big thing. Yes. Yeah. And then if they really enjoyed the ride at the end and they've screamed their brains out and they loved it, they get back in line, set another goal and just start over. And they can well, also, if they see somebody there for the first time setting a goal, say, hey, you new at this? Come sit with me. Let me tell you this process. Let me tell you about all this and why we have to go through this to get to that. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. You know what, Stephen? And I think if if we could engage, um, I guess I would choose my words here, um, what I was going to say there, but in this modern age, many people look for that instant gratification, that instant success, probably due to some of the things that we see on the telly, mm -hmm. you know, where the, we've become an instant celebrity for five minutes or whatever. Um, and, and then how many things do we see where people have, have you know, they've got mental health issues because of that, because their expectations have been so great and they've not gone through that journey, that clicking that you're talking about. Because yeah. that clicking, it for, for me, it, it, it builds... It builds resilience up as well, I would think. Yes. You know, um, and and you're also being a little, you're also being authentic. And I think that's an important thing to, to be to yourself as you're going through these things. Because, you know, we can all we can all put a big thing up and have a massive expectation. But then, and I'm not saying not, not to have people dream. I'm not meaning that. But there's, a, there's an expectation coupled with realism about what steps can we do to get there, yeah. to move to that top of that roller coaster you were talking about yeah what other little steps so you you know you're working with clients now on a, on a regular basis doing vision boards you mm -hmm. do you do week, weekly classes and things like this and i've got a weekly group coaching program that meets on monday evenings over here in the northeast uh mm. u.s and it's, it's called motivational firewood weekly and next week is episode number 96 in a row so we've been showing up for a half hour every monday night for almost two years and people ask questions or they'll share their wins for the week or say, well, I'm a little stuck. I'm frustrated. I feel alone. And what we do is we just give people the little nudges and momentum and celebrations to keep on going and keep growing. And what I try to stress, especially during those is it's not just what you're getting, it's who you're becoming. So make sure that not only are you building towards your goals, but you're also putting a solid foundation under yourself. Because like you just said, we get these instant celebrities who have no idea what to expect. They think it's all going to be glitz, glamour, and glory. And all of a sudden, 
it's mental illness, it's emotional issues, it's privacy issues. And it's all this attention and adulation that they weren't ready for. And it puts them in a really bad place sometimes. So we have to be very careful when we're clicking, we're actually putting bricks under our foundation. We're not building something on sand. Exactly. And I, I yeah. feel bad for a lot of celebrities and people who all of a sudden get all that attention who have no idea how to deal with it. And it's tragic because a lot of them have very sad, sad endings. And, and Steve, you know, from that, what you're describing there with those like Monday night events and things like that, there's, there's one thing for certain is that when, when you start on a program like this, you're a different person each day as you go through it because you grow each day. Yeah. You know, and like you described earlier, when you look, you look back and I look back at some of the things that we've done, I guess when the people that you work with look back at where they were three months ago, six months ago, yeah. it must be so inspirational, so liberating for those people to have moved forward and, and achieve the things that they do. Yeah. So, it's, so, re so rewarding. It's inspirational for me as well, because mm. I mean, just an hour ago, an hour before we get on this call, one of my um, coaching clients, she's actually in the biggest program. We call it, we jokingly call it the big dog, which is in the big <laughs> platinum level coaching. So we have uh, a session a month for a year, just her and I half an hour each month. And she's talking about what she's achieved so far this year. She's done more than she has in the past three years combined for her business, for her family, for her home life in the midst of a pandemic. She has already seen and grown so much, her clarity, her energy, her momentum and everything. And she, she inspires me every time she reaches out, she says, click baby click. And I sit there while that little box has the dots that, cause I know she's typing mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there waiting to just hear what it is. And this week's one of them is she and her husband and their two kids are going to a rock concert all together uh, to see the band kiss legendary classic rock yeah. band kiss. So I said, first off, I'm so proud of you. That's great. You're the only one of all four who's actually seen them. And I took two minutes and I went online and I found an app where if you put your family or you put a photo up, you can hit a button and it puts the makeup from the band Kiss on the person's face. Oh, my word. Yeah. And it's called <laughs> to kissify your photos. I said, here's an app. Take your favorite picture of all four family members and go put the kiss makeup on them and give it to them as a gift and then tell them you bought the tickets to the show she was over the moon wow and that's how i love to coach people to to not just say that's wonderful check you know to really dig deep and say how can we hit every single sense and emotion with this it's full contact what i call volleyball coaching we just keep hitting it back and forth over the net and at the end, somebody spikes it and says, I'm, I'm going to do it. But yeah. the faster it goes, like when you watch a real volleyball game, when there's a great volley going on and it's going back and forth, back and forth, and everybody's giving all they've got, I honestly don't care who wins. It's when someone exciting. spikes it at the end, to me, they both win. Yeah. And what a lovely analogy as well as that about, you know, things going back and forth, because there'll be, from that, there'll be people will go, well, at that moment, like the spike, well, I've got it. I've, I've just got it. It's just come to me just by kicking those things around yeah. as opposed to other programs that are really follow set formulas. And there's, there's, yeah. yeah, there's not that, not that energy, not that spark, you know, we'll, we'll go, we'll go through the set process 
Right. Yeah, yeah and you're right, okay. Let's have another yawn. You know, yeah. let's have a little. Let's have a little <laughs> bit of excitement, shall we? Let's just kick yeah. things around. Let's things. Let's just you know, as I call it, let's go with the flow. Let's enjoy a cappuccino moment. Let's chat. Yeah. You know where this yeah. next twenty minutes might end up. I have no idea. Right. Okay. Let's right. let's go with it. Okay. And um, so when you're working with somebody, again from a vision board perspective, you know the. Mm -hmm. The the world's changed significantly, hasn't it, over this last God knows eighteen, fifteen months or whatever. Yes. So initially, did you used to work a lot face to face with people, Steve, doing the vision boards, and has that changed? And you're doing more online now. I used to do a lot of events live uh, if I was going within a company, say, to yeah. work with company okay. teams. Because I work with individuals, entrepreneurs, and, and full on company teams. I would be there for a two two and a half hour event, and we would set up, you know, that they would build their boards. And then I'd be gone. Well, what the pandemic actually did, and this is the greatest gift, of, not that there's been a lot of gifts of the past <laughs> 15 months. This was the greatest gift. We took my entire program with the audio version of the Vision Board Mastery Program. We made it available online. So now when I work with a company, I give them two to three weeks. All of their team members can log in, go through the audio learning program at their own pace for that time. And then we do a once a month or twice a month, 30 to 60 minute call. So now, instead of just being a, a one and done, we have to create a coaching program. We have to give them their own time and their schedule. And some people can put it together right away. Other people really like to ponder and reflect and meditate. So they couldn't do that in that two and a half hours. So the greatest gift of this is now I work mostly remotely with people virtually, mm -hmm. but I'm also able to impact people all around the world where I couldn't just get on a plane anymore. Yeah. And, and we're getting better results because of it. I'm already getting great feedback from the companies I'm working with. So we're going to continue to pursue this and build upon it. And uh, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to dress nicely from the waist up and, <laughs> and deliver my programs and work with my clients. And believe I sit here at my chair and I get out of the chair and I jump up and down and celebrate with my clients. We laugh, we cry, we do everything together. And it's, it's an amazing journey to be able to be a part of so many lives. And, and Steve, there's another there's another story there, isn't there, as well? Because, you know, as we've gone through everything that we're going through, and God, you know, God, we're still going through it now, aren't we? You know, um, when you talk about the gift, but again, it's 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 seeing the opportunity, isn't it? It's it's having that flexibility. You know, you no doubt you've got the vision for your for your own business, but then as things change, it's how how can we mold that vision that we've got within the circumstances that are happening right now, how can we still make that work? How, In fact, how can we make it even better as opposed to sitting there going back into the ashes yeah. and thinking, well, I'm stuffed now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's, there's, there's that resilience there, isn't there? There's that, that, that tenacity. There's that belief. There's that vision. It all comes together. That's this. When you talk about the gift Everything that you've gone through to in your life to that point has got it in that point was well here we go we can we can move forward again I don't need to go to the ashes yeah we're off yeah. so fantastic God you know great great news here working with clients across the world and we'll we'll talk about how people can get in touch with you um, before we finish as well sure tonight but let's let's also touch a, a little bit about as well because we you know we, from radio presenter motivational speaker comedy vision boards we're now back radio presenting 
yeah as well so let's just touch on on this for a while because this this is a really another interesting story about how how we came together really um and, and i think well i think it was it was 2014 something like that it was 2014 and i got a message in linkedin from some guy named steve twynham from england <laughs> and who said i really like your stuff would you like to be on my radio show and I had no idea how you had seen anything I was writing, the motivational firewood I share. And I typed back, I would love to. How many hours apart are we? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually show up for the interview and we figured it out. It's five hours apart for most of the year. Yes. It's four hours for a couple of weeks. And I got to be on your show and it was an amazing experience. I had a blast as I always do talking with like-minded people. And off the air afterward, we had an equally powerful conversation when you asked, can I share with you one of my dreams? Mm. And you talked about having a radio station solely dedicated to positive messages and upbeat music and upbeat, authentic, genuine hosts who each brought good energy. And it sat for five years until you reached out again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 through that story, that was five years working on other radio stations, enjoying my time, learning things that I needed to learn to actually launch my own and, and the back of skills. And then five years later, off we went and we launched what was then Inspire Radio, which is now Yawa Radio, um, which is for the people listening, your well-being and happiness station, which is mm -hmm. figures in quite nice. Yeah. And there you are. You you present from New Hampshire over in the States there three times a week, the Motivational Firewood Hour. That's it. And and through the magic of technology and and the great gift that you gave me of reaching out five years after our first conversation saying, do you remember me? I said, of course I do. And you said, do you remember what we talked about? I said, Steve, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. So I had to look <laughs> back in our conversation. I said, oh, now I remember your own radio station. And this was the fall of 2019. And you said, we're launching in January 2020. Would you like to have your own show? And by the way, you're the only person in America we've asked. Yeah. So wow. not only was I humbled and honored by being asked, but to be the only person in America with a full regular weekly schedule. Uh, I think my very first episode and the first pictures of the logo with me in it are hanging on my mom's fridge. <laughs> like like a school art project because she's just the proudest parent ever wow and, um she's proud of her kid in in her early 70s she's still so proud and happy that i'm doing what not only makes me happy but also impacts other people's lives and, and was, she was, just loves that i was going to say that steve it's, it's another way of reaching reaching and sharing with many people you know yeah. you know across the world and you know, and you, you share some great stuff in that motivational firewood hour. You know, I, I sit there listening some sometimes and I'm sat there going, uh, wow, I just need to put my cup of tea down and, and just check out what's just been said there as well. So it's it's a, it's an honor having you on on the radio station. It's fantastic. Love, love the program. Love everything, everything that you do, my friend, as well. And, Thank you. Uh, so how, how can people find out more about you if they want to get in touch, want to look at your vision board work and, and make contact with you. How can they do that? 
Easiest place to find all my programs is at motivationalfirewood.com. And if anybody has questions and wants to have even a conversation, I, I offer up free 15-minute calls. If you go to motivationalfirewood.com forward slash Yawa Radio. I don't know if it's Yawa Radio or Yawa Dash Radio, but Yawa Radio. Yeah. Yawa Radio. So okay. motivationalfirewood.com forward slash Yawa Radio. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Well, check it out. Get in touch with Steve. As always, it's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. And um, I'm sure the people listening tonight will have taken one, even if just took one little nugget from there's I, I, there's the, there's the thing in it because before we finish, we just got to share that because the Yawa is a place in Australia where beautiful opals are found, and they're found in the Yawa nugget. So you find the beautiful opals in the nugget. Now, now every nugget doesn't have a beautiful opal, okay? But we're all about helping people find that beauty within themselves and that belief in themselves. So that's where it all comes together. So, wow, didn't expect sharing that one, Steve. That's um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Perfect. That's what we're all about. So, yes. Steve, big thank you for joining us today. And um, whatever you are doing for the rest of your day, mate, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much, Steve, and I look forward to catching you soon on the radio. Cool. And thanks to all for joining us tonight. Thank you. Well, a big thank you for joining us on tonight's Glass Half Full. If you'd like to have advanced information about guests that will be joining me on Glass Half Full, why not join our newsletter? Just drop me an email, steve at stevetwynham.com, and we'll add you to our Glass Half Full newsletter. And just a reminder to check out Yower Radio, your truly well-being and happiness station, online 24 hours, seven days a week at yowerradio.co.uk. Well, thank you for joining me on this week's Glass Half Full podcast. If you'd like to join me as a guest, then why not get in touch? You can email me at steve at stevetwynham.com. And also, if you're looking for a radio station that is that little bit different, that brings you all about well-being and happiness and personal development and great music too, and then check out Yawa Radio. That's Yawa spelt Y-O-W-A-H dot co dot UK. Check out Yawa Radio, bringing that feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. So once again, thank you for joining me on today's Glass Half Full podcast. It is produced and presented by myself, Steve Twynham, and copyright applies. And whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have the best day you possibly can. <laughs>